0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spawn On Me podcast. This is episode number 22, and this is your boy, Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan, uh, coming to you live from, I guess, now the central or eastern part of Chicago. And uh, I'm here, of course, with my boy from the western, now western part of Chicago, the Rip City section. My boy, Khalif Adams. How are you today, sir?
1: I am well. I am coming to you from the SoBro section of, <laughs> of Bracago. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: good. I'm good.
0: Right on. Right on. So uh, we have with us because this is what we do. We bring guests to you. We have someone I've mentioned on the show, um, a a long lost friend of mine, I guess, because I can't ever connect with him. Um, I've come out twice to try and see him, and we keep missing each other. Uh, my good friend now, and and uh, developer of the upcoming Xbox One title, iDarb, hashtag iDarb, Mike J. Micah. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great,
2: and uh, I'm kind of excited to be on the show. It's been, like you said, it's been a little while. We've been trying to like connect in person at the most opportune times. But it's not been able to happen. We've been literally five minutes away from each other. Right, it's amazing. We, can, we are we are the most inept people in the world, or we have just some crazy stuff going on. And right, the universe right. does not want us to meet.
0: Yes, there there is too much awesome between myself and Mike to uh, to have us be in the same spot at the same time. You know some crazy ebony and ivory uh the yin and yang we were just like the world would collapse (laughs) we are we are the black and white cookies (laughs) so wait a minute
1: i just came up with the best wrestling tag team name of all time okay you two would become the ebony and ivory singularity
0: oh my gosh oh my goodness would you be our manager I, yeah, I please I would, be our manager. The mouth, the mouth of the soul, bro. Yes. Right. right yeah. Yes. yes. I'm totally down for this.
1: I want, I want to do this. I, I need, mean, I need, I need an awesome great. jacket. I need a good jacket. Okay. And a boot
0: bu- and a bouffant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'll be straight. Here it is. So, so Mike, there's something that you're missing. Every week, Khalif tries to figure out a way for him to have hair. So <laughs> Khalif's newest version of himself is himself with a buffon. So, I'm just saying. It would be it would, be beautiful. It would, be, it would be beautiful. So, somebody please please create uh some fan art of Khalif <laughs> with some hair.
2: You know what I mean, we, we, I'm not trying to pitch my game here, but you can create characters in it. It would be amazing to have like every version of Khalif's hair. like him with every type of hairstyle on a single team would be awesome.
1: See, this is the thing. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I was trying to create a character and I was having some issues only because one, I was trying to figure out how to pixelize a Jerry curl. (laughs) And I don't know how to make that happen because I wanted to make Bruce Leroy from the last dragon in idarb and i and one because i don't know what i'm doing and two i don't know how to visually pixelize uh, uh, pic, uh to visualize pixeled <laughs> jerry curl juice well wait a, a character. minute
0: wait a minute bruce leroy didn't have a jerry curl he had that duke curl like uh oh, that's right like you know like dominique wilkins but the shogun of harlem Shownuff. He had the Jerry Curl. He had the Randall Watson. Oh, yeah, okay. So, okay, you're right. So yeah, you're right. So you're you right. would have had you would have you would have had to set it up like that.
1: I, I, I I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to apologize right now to Time Act for not yes. uh, appreciating your hairdo in that movie <laughs> and describing it the wrong way. I am sorry, I yes. apologize. Hey,
0: my man. What it looked like? <laughs> uh, uh,
1: that was like that was like the movie for all people who wanted to learn how to try to escape a hostage situation by breakdancing out of ropes. Right. Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. I tried and it never Uh-oh. worked.
0: Oh man. 4 4 minutes in we're already off the rails. I love it. I love it. I was <laughs> <laughs> supposed major? to be? Come on the show, Mike. This is what <laughs> I know. To be <laughs> this, I'm
1: chaos. <laughs> right. Incarnate. Oh, my
0: God. Um, <laughs> oh all right. So so we we should start where we should always start, which is uh with obligatory house cleaning. Um, first off thanks a lot everyone for tuning in into yet another episode I don't know why you guys do it but you're here anyway so <laughs> thanks thanks for showing up yet again um, to the premier place for people of color in gaming um, so uh, the the first thing I want to say is some some stuff from episode 20 or feedback from episode 20 which um, was the reunited show of Khalif and I. We had missed each other in a couple of shows. Um, the feedback universally was that it was nice to hear the two of us back uh, on the mic at the same time together again. Uh, and I couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah, it was all, so, it was awesome to, to, to have that break yeah. in and come back and become Voltron again. Right
0: right exactly and then we took another break and then we came <laughs> back and we formed another Voltron we had a fight we, and then we were like right, <laughs> like right. I'm out I'm moving out <laughs> right. for a week right right actually Khalif and I were just just off cast earlier today we were talking about how we uh we we create the perfect relationship Volt- Voltron like uh his my overconfidence matches with his underconfidence And we just become, we just become confident. We're like, we're like, we're like
1: socially awkward Voltron. Right. Right. Socially
0: awkward Voltron. (laughs) Yes. It's like, I
1: can kind of form the head. If right. I try real
0: hard. <laughs> right. And I'm like, let's do this shit. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: but wait, but wait, do we have all our ducks in a row? I don't know. I <laughs> <Right>. might trip. <laughs> Meanwhile, it, the entire <laughs> city has been decimated like three times <laughs> right. over. Right. <laughs> We're sitting around talking about. Kind of sort of. Oh man.
0: So so uh yeah, so um thanks everyone for for recognizing the thing that we recognize, which is uh, the show is great. Um, we really enjoy doing the show. But one of the you know, the I I think the secret sauce of the show is is that Khalif and I work well together. Um and, you know, uh so thanks for recognizing that and we really appreciate uh you guys seeing that? And I would also so.
1: say that the secret sauce is also having awesome people on the show, like Mike. And of course, last week our our, our guest was Ian Danskin, Ian Danskin uh, who yeah. was the creator of the "This Is the Phil Fish" video. Uh, so that was awesome, and we want to thank him for being on the show because he was Absolutely. Great. um And, um, uh, it was a couple other things. So we, this is kind of super behind the, behind the curtain stuff, but, uh, we moved everything over to SoundCloud. I know that may be a little bit weird to hear, but they have an awesome song, uh, podcasting beta that's going on, uh, that we are now a part of. Um, and the, the reaction so far has been pretty awesome. Over in, overnight, we had from the time that we switched hosts, we had like almost 500 plays on the, on, on each, each of the, not each of the cast, but in total, we had like almost 500 plays on all of our shows, which is pretty damn cool, uh, for a quick switchover like that. Uh, yeah. so we're, yeah. so we're happy about that. And we want you guys to give us feedback about what you think about, uh, the new hosting, uh, the new players that are, that are on the site and also just the way things sound, because that's something that is really important for a podcast is to sound good. Uh, yeah. so, so let us know. Uh, you can also reach us at all the, social media stuff that we're going to show at the, I mean, that we're going to give you at the end of the show. Uh, so yeah. Uh, what else do we have? One last thing. So we have our newest uh, contributor to the site. He should be, his, his uh, piece should be up sometime within the week. He's going to do an awesome Guacamelee, uh the newest version of Guacamelee. Uh He's going to do a video review and uh, a written review. So I'm excited for that. Cause that'll be our first yeah. like really, really real video review. So I'm excited about that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we, we spilled the beans a little bit. Uh, last week, Danimus Prime, aka Dan the Robot, aka Daniel Moore, um, aka him a robot. <laughs> uh, so, so there it is. All of, all of his information, social security number. <laughs> um, yeah, Dan, we're really, really happy to, to call you a, a teammate and, and a member of the, of the, spawn point blog family and the spawn on me family I've called you uh, you know I've called you a brother for a long long time so uh, uh, to, to have you to have you here and and working with us is 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 heartening oh man as it is. people don't use that word enough
1: that, that made that, that almost uh, made know. me snot bubble cry
0: yeah yeah see there it is there it is you know, look like uh, uh, what's his name Cuba Gooden jr <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> it, wait there, it, no no wait, no wait
1: the funny thing is when you said Cuba Gooding Jr. and you said in I was gonna say every movie he's ever been in <laughs> right that's true <laughs> he's <laughs> cried in every movie he's like right. he's the boys yes. of men of acting <laughs> right right yes. he cries in everything that he's in
0: oh my god anyway oh, man. anyway yeah. let's let's get right. let's get back on task right <laughs> <This, laughs> we we have rails. we
1: have we have Mike on the show. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm super excited that you're here. Right. I
2: I just want to sit back and listen. Like this is. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh too hard because I'm like I'm going to ruin the show.
1: No, no, please La- laugh, laugh from the belly. It's off in the diaphragm, brother. It's all die, right, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So uh, Mike and I were introduced um from uh our both of our times guesting on the Game Enthuse podcast. Yep. And, uh, you know, um, shout outs to, to all those guys over there. They're great guys. Yeah. Sub, Um, sub those people
1: because they are great. Yeah. Game Enthuse is a great cast you should be listening to. Absolutely.
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, Mike was talking about his game and, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, not everybody that listens to, uh, Game Enthuse listens to Spawn on Me and not everyone that listens to Spawn on Me listens to Game Enthuse. So our Spawn on Me listeners need, really need to hear about, uh, who Mike is and what IDARB is. So um, I'll let you, Mike, decide which question you want to answer first.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, let's see. Which, you know, pop me a question. Let's do it.
0: Uh, well, well, who is who is Mike Micah or what is IDARB?
2: So Mike Micah, who is, he's an enigma within, wrapped within another <laughs> enigma. No, <Yeah>. he's um <laughs> this guy. Uh, I've been making games for about 20 years, and um, I started programming on like the Commodore 64 back in the day, and the Apple II, and uh, I've been doing a lot of professional game development for a long time, but it's uh, been recently with the whole like indie game scene kind of taking off and everything where, um, and idea at Xbox particularly, those kind of programs, that uh, I started to get the itch to work on a small game again. And meanwhile, like I helped manage a studio called Other Ocean, and um, I work with a lot of great people here, and uh, we're working on a lot of different projects. So it's something I didn't want to just interrupt the studio with. So I, I just, one night I was putting together a little bit of a code base, it was like early January, and I tweeted an image, my first screenshot of this new kind of game up and running, and all I really had was a red box in the middle of a screen. And I asked Twitter basically, like, "Okay, here it draws a red box. What should I do with it?" <laughs> and it just happened to be great fortune that uh, the first person pretty much to respond was Tim Schaefer, because the minute he started throwing ideas at it, everybody piled on and started oh, throwing man. ideas at it. Nice. So it was this fun thing where I wanted to just start taking all these crazy ideas that were coming from everywhere and just keep trying to add them to the game. And in the back of my mind, I thought this would be an awesome panel talk at the Game Developer Conference where I can just express how much I hate like designed by committee because all this stuff's gonna come in and it's gonna be the worst game ever and I'm gonna prove it by doing all this stuff and so I started throwing all this stuff in and like I'll be damned it just started to turn into this awesome game and it was it was kind of weird because I almost for a brief moment I almost wanted it to be really bad that I was like if I put this in it might be good and ugh, all right I'm gonna do it <laughs> like, we put it all in and we kept throwing all these ideas in and in the office we would play it <laughs> I wanted to sabotage my own game almost at one point. <laughs> <laughs> but we started playing it and the people in the office are playing it and uh, they just kept saying, hey, this is kind of fun. And it's like, I was kind of like, really? Are you sure? Like, it, it looks horrible. It's, you know, whatever. But um, it started coming around and then some of the ideas, once we started posting videos, I started putting up some Vine videos and stuff like that. Um, people started to really take... Their contributions to it very seriously. So there's some really well-thought-out ideas that have come across. Uh, a, a fellow Oakland game developer here, Brandon Sheffield, probably put in one of the most critical and important ideas w- uh, from, for the game, which was to add a ball to the game. And mm-hmm. uh, as soon as we put the ball on the game, it changed everything. I, that old-school NBA Jam dynamic came to play. Uh, things like, um, I used to play a lot of uh, NHL 94 on Genesis, um, a lot of the early NBA, Amiga, Amiga, uh, basketball game that became like EA's NBA Live or whatever yeah. it was eventually. Um, all that, that multiplayer sports kind of thing, that, that visceral sports that I feel is kind of lost on modern versions like Madden and all this stuff. But that old school just like you have total control and you feel like everything you do is having an effect on the game type stuff. It started to come out of this. And it was super exciting and and that's when it really started to take off. And um, with, with all that stuff kind of going on, Microsoft reached out during that whole um, flurry of like growth for the game between January and like a couple months ago and uh, they expressed interest in having us put that on Xbox one. So we got the Xbox one kits we put the game on Xbox one and uh, from it, it took us a few days to get ported over to Xbox one. And by the time it went over to Microsoft, they were already calling us up saying, we want you at Game Developer Conference. And that was only like a week away. And we're like, really? (laughs) So we have this game that internally we've been looking at going like, this is not ready for prime time. And Microsoft's like, you should be showing this at Game (laughs) Developer Conference. So (laughs) it was a mad rush for a whole week to put in all these crazy features on stuff and have it ready for what I thought was going to be a small little showing. But they gave us some primo spots at uh, the Game Developer Conference. We were in the Microsoft Lobby Bar, we were also at this Microsoft Loft event, and there was, they, they threw all this crazy marketing at it, and it was just amazing to see somebody like Microsoft support this little game that we we're working on. And also, more amazing than that was having people come by and just fall in love with the game. So it's been, it's been a, a crazy time, and it's, it's one of the most exciting things I've done in my career. After all that stuff I've ever worked on, I've worked on over 120 games. Like, oh this gosh. is the one that's like probably the most energetic and most exciting.
0: Oh man. Wow, yeah. So, all right. Well, so we're going to, we're going to get back to iDarb and we're going to give it all the attention it deserves. No problem. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want what I, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to be as egotistical as you possibly can. <laughs> and I want you to, to name drop some of the games and maybe some of the studios that you, that you've worked with over, over your, over two decades oh, no in problem. the industry.
2: So if you've if you've ever played a classic game collection like the old Williams collections and all. That stuff, oh, of course. Oh, I've wow. I've had a hand in almost every one of those, uh, and primarily the guy who's who's like the mastermind to most of those was this guy named Jeff Vavasor. But then I came sure. in to Digital Eclipse was the first company that um, outside of my little companies I had going on when I was just like uh, you know just trying to pretend to be a game developer for a little while. <laughs> um, my first real professional gig was with Digital Eclipse, and a lot of the stuff I worked on. Or classic game collections and ports and all that stuff, and we were the premier house to bring all that stuff over. Oh yeah, we brought over the, awesome. the Midway stuff, and right. well, I had a lot more to big do with big like, money, the Capcom big
0: prizes, Exa- Smash I TV. Like like it. Like, we're so proud to be like the company <laughs> that
2: brought Smash TV home because I'm a huge game uh, historian and game buff, yeah. and I contribute. I have a gigantic collection of stuff that I contribute to museums. I consult with stuff. I helped uh, Chris Melosinos and the guys over at the Smithsonian set up the Art of Video Games exhibition and all stuff. Oh, I'm a wow. huge, huge fan of games and games as art and, uh, and, and have been pushing that agenda for a long time. So uh, classic game collections were one of the things that were more like passion projects for me. I'd make sure that these older games that were not available on modern systems were being brought over. One of the games I brought over was a game called Clax, which is this old Atari puzzle yeah. game. I made it for Game Boy Color and I... One of the first things that, like, I've had these really lucky moments in my career where I do something that gets a lot of attention, and one of the first things I did uh, back then was I brought Klaxoer to Game Boy Color, and I had hidden in the game, the game that's out there on on the shelves, that went out on the store shelves, I would hidden a proposal to my now wife in the game. (laughs) What? What? um, That's so awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, it was
2: in there, and, like, the only reason I did that is because, like, I'd been making games for a while by that time, and she never played anything I ever worked on, and she told me one day, she's like, if you're gonna make a game that I'm gonna play it better be a puzzle game I'm like great okay fine okay. so I'm gonna do Clacks because like that's a great puzzle game and she'll play it so I put it in and I left it out I did everything trying to get her to play it she would never play it so um as game development is and things that happen I got really preoccupied with work again and it wasn't sure. until four years later after I had, like put that in there nobody <laughs> knew about it I got a call from Tips and Tricks magazine, Chris Bieniek, who is the editor-in-chief. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's like, we're getting ready to do our 100th, 100th anniversary episode, or magazine uh, for Tips and Tricks, and I'm looking for super secret codes that have never been published before. And then a light bulb went off because i completely forgotten about it, which is, I don't mean that in a way of like, you know, I just didn't want to marry her anymore or anything like that. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I got game development's really hectic and busy. And so like, uh, it just went off, and I'm like, yes, I've got one. And I told him about it. And so they did this whole blowout of it and everything like that. And I left the magazine, and she saw it. And I couldn't be in the house when she put it in, because she would just give me the game and say, you play it. Or and <laughs> right, I'm like, okay, I can't that. do this. I'm proposing to myself. But um, <laughs> right. she, uh, so that, that was awesome. That got that kind of put Mike Micah on the map for a little while. Um, nice. To play the ego card that you're asking me to do. You got you <laughs> to do it. Right, you exactly. Do it. <laughs> and so I did a lot of those classic games and all that stuff. I also did a game called Death Junior, which was a launch title for oh. the PSP. Oh, yeah um, totally that was the very that. first like kind of big original game I had ever worked on, and so I was the uh, studio head for a company called Backbone, which was digital clips transformed into a bigger company and it became backbone um, mm-hmm. so I'd done that, but part of all this, like when I was doing all that stuff, um, we schemed up the idea to approach capcom there's there's somebody there who there was a few people there it was Chris Fenson, Adam Boys, and all these guys who um, were all instrumental in us getting our hands on and updating. Uh, Street Fighter. So we did Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. Yep, I remember that. For x and PSN. They did a lot of firsts. We did a lot of great stuff with that. And then they've they've obviously done a lot of great work since then with with things in that same vein. But that was a huge undertaking. And then we did uh, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. Sure. And uh, Commando 3, Wolf of the Battlefield. So we made an official sequel to Commando. Mm And we did uh, 1942 Joint Strike. And nice. uh, that was just crazy times because we were working on all these games all at the same time and we had, like, Death Junior stuff going on and um, Backbone was just was exploding at that time. And done, I've, I've worked on so many Game Boy games and everything I've pretty much done, though, has not been, like, AAA box stuff. It's always been digital right. or handheld. And so hmm. did all these games and a lot of console games, a lot of ports, everything else, and Death Junior and all these Capcom things. And then also I went over and helped start up... Um, I got a call one day from out of the blue from an old friend of mine, um, Bob Stevenson. He's like, I want you to come over to the city and let's have some dinner. And I'm, I'm like at the peak of my backbone days. And um, I go over there and it was kind of interesting because like I see Bob Stevenson and I see Neil Young, who I've known, who's who used, used to be at EA and all this stuff. And like they, they sit down and I'm like, something's kind of going on here. So they were, they filled me in on this thing they want to do. They want to launch an iPhone game company. And, and at the time, this was nothing, like nobody was even thinking about doing it. Uh, So much, And um, they wanted to start a publisher for making iPhone games. And uh, they called it NG Moco. And they wanted me to come in Mm -hmm. and help launch a bunch (laughs) of games for them. And uh, it was so exciting because at the time, our company... By the time I left Backbone, it was part of a bigger company called Foundation 9. There was over 1,200 people within the whole company. And it was just this kind of big machine. And I really wanted to make games for the iPhone... But it was almost like getting laughed out of the the room whenever you bring it up because people are like, oh, we've done mobile and mobile doesn't work and all this stuff. And it's just like, but this is going to be big and nobody believed it. So um, I was really passionate about it and I wanted to get back to making smaller games again. So um, I left Backbone. It was kind of a hard thing to do because I was – I was such a part of that studio, but at the same time, I felt like I was getting ready to go and work on things for the future. So, I went over to NG Moco, and that's exactly what we did. We created all these crazy games. We developed new models. We developed models around free-to-play that didn't exist at the time, and all this stuff. There's all, some of this stuff, I just felt like dirty, because it was like, this is not the way games are supposed to be, but like, right. it was just mm-hmm. working right. on iPhone. I was like, we kind of have to do it. And, right. um, so I did that for just about a year, or just a little over a year, maybe. And, um, I ran into my old partner, Andrew Ayer, who, uh, he was the guy to hire me into Digital Clips back in the day, and, um, he was, when he left Foundation 9, he started his own studio called Other Ocean, and we're at a holiday party, and we were just sitting there talking, and it was, like, this moment where you're, like, you know what, like, you guys on the podcast, it was, like, this is a good thing, like, we, we, you know, let's get the band back together, and, um, so we did like I I left NG Moco to come back and start doing the stuff I really loved which was getting back to more core gaming and um and working on stuff like Super Monkey Ball which we did for iPhone and all that stuff but awesome. also things like iDarb and all that stuff start coming coming our way and uh, we worked on another game called Dark Void 0 which was really fun too. I don't know if you guys remember Dark Void 0 was the small yeah. DS game that was like almost like a marketing tool for the bigger Dark Void game. Yep. But right, in the right. end I think it's the game that actually sold better and reviewed better. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> it, 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 because it like uh, I was talking to Adam Boyce, who's now a VP over at Sony, awesome guy, good friend of mine, and like I love that guy. We yeah, were just like a really drunk cool, at a dude. GDC one year and we we're like talking <laughs> about how fun it would be to pretend like Dark Void Zero was this game being developed at Capcom in nineteen eighty eight that suddenly got found and we're going to release the uh, like emulated NES game that never got released <laughs> and we were just like this is amazing so like after we talked about it I went home and like that all night long I kept changing wikipedia pages I'm like making all these edits like making it seem like Dark Void was something Capcom was doing and, like well ahead of even signing a deal with them to do this thing and so we started talking about it we made a little demo and they're like yeah let's keep this up so um, the whole premise was around like we have to pretend like this really did exist and lie to people. Let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. And the only way to really make Sweet. it work was we had to get somebody who would have like um, more more of like a more publicly known to like validate it. So right. we had worked with uh, Jimmy Fallon on some stuff before. He had like he's a great guy and yeah. like had a lot of great game ideas and a lot of people don't realize like he like, he knows a lot about computer engineering and he loves ma- He always wanted to make games and also hmm. so. Um, we had a couple things we had dealt with him before and like I just call him up out of the blue and I'm like hey man like I know you like NES game stuff here's this thing we're doing with Capcom and stuff is there any way you can pretend like in 1988 when you were a kid you got you won a contest and you went to Japan and they're going to put you in this game <laughs> and then it never, never came out and he was just sitting there thinking about it. I was like yeah that that sounds awesome. <laughs>
3: like, sweet.
2: <laughs> and so he, he had his dad scan old photos of him from 1988, and we oh photoshopped stuff into marking materials, and we did this whole thing. And then, That's um, we we're launching this game, and we, I think it was fun because we had people like calling up, going, like, Is there any way I can get the ROM? Because I work on the main team, and, so was just like, <laughs> and I'm like trying to keep it up, where I'm like, You know, we can't do that, it's illegal, and stuff. But it's like we had to keep it up that this was like something that was real, and, um, oh. and it kind of eclipsed in, um, when the game launched, uh, Jimmy Fallon was like so cool because like he's. I asked him, if could you just make mention of it on the show? And he's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I just kept hammering, hammering, hammering him. And he's so right. cool, and he's like, <laughs> and he, he gets it and everything like that. And like minutes before he even started taping, he's like, I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, dude, just do it. Like, come on, come on. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. And he did. He got on national television <laughs> and lied to millions of people. <laughs> awesome, this is what I happened. love it. And held to the awesome. story, and. He'll forever be amazing to me because, like, he did all that. He did it just out of, like, pure friendship and all this other kind of stuff that, like, normally would be so painful to try to do with all the red tape to, to get something like right. that to happen. And uh I owe I owe him, I owe him big time. But it was awesome. that kind of stuff. That's the stuff I, I, I've worked on. I've done marketing things here and there, too. Like, there was a game called Duty Calls, uh, which was a parody of Call of Duty that we did <laughs> that – um I think it's been viewed on YouTube like 24 million times collectively of all the videos of it. It was was actually, just like Dark Void, it's a marketing, it was a marketing game to, for Battlefield, or for, um, not Battlefield, it was the, uh, man, there was like this first-person shooter, I'm forgetting, it was like, um, it was a really over-the-top first-person shooter, like kind of Unreal-style, it had all this, like, foul language, and it was uh. God, I can't remember the name. I, of totally, I totally remember. Totally remember EA yeah, was like, putting it out, and it was like uh, it was oh, like battle oh, storms. it's
1: um, ah, oh God, with well the one where you kick the people into the spikes and stuff. Yes, that one, and like oh. turned
2: into hot dogs and stuff. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a fun oh, game.
2: I, I can't remember what it's called.
0: Oh crap. I feel Dude, so bad. You guys... I know we're really Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're really terrible. core. We know what we're talking about. But yeah, uh yeah, it, was, right. it wasn't exactly. Battlestar
2: something like that or I don't know, to right. be. I mean, Anyways, yeah. it was EA was Epic publishing put it. it. Out and stuff, yeah. yeah, in EA was publishing it and it was a really cool thing, but they wanted to like make fun of Call of Duty, so we, we created uh Duty Calls, which is this insane like one level game that just ends with like you're a your character putting his thumbs up on the screen, and fireworks flying out, and American flags popping out, and stuff. And we had a great time just making fun of Call of Duty, and that that thing uh, that thing did pretty well. It too. was
1: called Bullet Storm. Bullstone, that's one. it. Yes.
2: Yes, yes. I feel so bad because those guys might be yes. listening and be like, sorry, I just, but I,
1: I, it was a <laughs> funny game. You can, you can blame it on us because we forget stuff on the show every <laughs> All show. All the time. It's
0: it's yeah, it's 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 part and parcel with being here. Yeah. It's uh it's the Kool-Aid you have to drink in order to make it make it into Bracago. Yeah, Bullstone,
1: Bullstone <laughs> was a great game. That was an awesome game, but that's funny. Yeah, well. yeah, it
0: was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And it's funny um,
1: because when you talked about NG Mocha, I'm like I'm like looking at some of the games that are that are on the list that you guys had made, and I'm like, oh my god, I spent so much time playing topple. <laughs> (laughs)
2: so topple that was one of mine and like uh, I worked with Alan Ma who was a producer that came in good friend of mine now we're working with him on something else Mm -hmm. and um and Bob Stevenson, who was a, he, Bob Stevenson, came from Planet Moon, and they'd worked on some crazy stuff over there. And previously, ah, okay. to that, previous to that he worked on MDK over at Shiny, um, which oh, was yeah. an awesome game. And yeah, uh, it he's like got a, a great history, and he's been an artist in the game industry for a long time. And so we were just like trying to we'd look at everything the phone could do, and we're like, what happens if you're like tilt and all stuff? And we're just coming up with all these crazy ideas, and Topple is one that just stuck and it made sense. And we, we made Topple and Topple 2. It was just so much fun. Those days were nuts because. We were trying to get a game out a month, so we were, oh, it was like the ultimate geez. game jam. We're like, if this is gonna work, we gotta get a game out a month. And so we did like our first game. I think we ever shipped was a game called Maze Finger, and it was kind of uh-huh. based off that Flamin' Finger game from Namco, where you try to bring your finger through a maze without hitting the walls. <laughs>
1: yep,
0: right.
2: And so we put that out there, and I think got downloaded. I think like five million times or something like that. It was a free game, or just to see, just to test the waters and see what would happen. And um, it just took off from there. We did a game called Dropship, and we did all this other stuff. That uh, Doctor Awesome, yes, that game people were coming so in. And you're like trying to save patients, and it was like kicks in a way. Yep. And we were taking names <laughs> from your um, your address book as the patients that were coming in. So yep. before we did that, <laughs> we shipped the game without that feature. And we were watching the the analytics, and people were playing the game maybe two minutes. We added the the thing where it would grab names from your address book. So now your sister is a patient. Uh-huh. You have to save her. Whatever. Right. You only have like an hour to save her. She dies the average play time went from two minutes to 22 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> because wow. suddenly people perceive wow. these characters as like, uh, you know, Actual personal people. friends and they, they stuck
1: yeah. to the game. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Awesome had, yeah. That, had that really nice little piece of gray hair. Yeah, on this, yeah, I was exactly. like, "Yeah, this man is distinguished. <laughs> he is yeah. distinguished. He's awesome. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> awesome. He's distinguished. He's gonna save everybody." <laughs> like we worked with
2: uh, um, I Eight Bit, which is that group out of L.A. that is oh, phenomenal, yeah. and uh, they did all the art for us and everything. It was just an awesome project to be working on. Oh, but gosh. again, like we were trying to do these things so fast, and um, it, it's just it was amazing. All that stuff kind of came together. Wow. wow. So
1: so you wow. so you are like in the middle of every gaming Venn diagram at this point, right? It's like Right. <laughs> it's, it's like who? It's like 6 degrees of Mike Mica at this point. That's right, a big joke right, right, right exactly.
2: now. So on Twitter and stuff, people have been joking around about the 2 degrees of Mike Mica because I've been making <laughs> games since probably like the mid 80s to late 80s, uh, you know, oh, kind man. of doing smaller games then or whatever. And then by 94 I started making games professionally, like much bigger and uh, better games stuff like that, but all the while, like doing all this stuff, I got to meet everybody, kind of because the game industry was still young then, right? And people right. who started out in the game industry back in the '70s and Atari were still making games and stuff. So it's this weird thing of like I've worked on so many different games for so many different companies because like Digital Clips and Backbone. We did games for everybody: Electronic Arts, Activision. A lot of games that we worked on, uh, you wouldn't know was actually something being developed by us, and we would do it for those guys and stuff. So I've had uh, have an opportunity to meet, to meet pretty much everybody.
0: <laughs> that's, nice, that's badass. So, so my question, my question is, who plays you in the Mike Micah movie? <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> physically
2: probably jack black <laughs> but, uh, so there's gonna be there's
0: gonna be a, a music break and, and you could actually even be on our show and then the music break would be sponsored by jack black <laughs> you know an interesting thing about
2: him is he's a huge marble madness fan and um nice we we're gonna try to do a remake of marble madness and we had started uh uh, early conversations. I don't know how far I got to him, or whatever, but it sounded like he was on board for doing like remasters and remakes of Marble Madness music, which would have been awesome.
1: Oh, <laughs> awesome! Oh man, <laughs> that game was. Oh, man. So I've got a yeah, Marble
2: Madness did? literally twenty feet away from me in the office right now, an arcade machine. Oh, I, I can look at killing the door me right now. Oh, <laughs> killing me.
0: So so. Oh, now the now the stupid song stuck in my. Head. I know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: the game is phenomenal,
2: and if you think it about was. it, like the entire game was pretty much developed by a 17 year old at atari
0: get out of here
2: yeah like he mark cerny who now oh yeah, knows. Mark cerny, oh yeah mark he was cerny 17. developed that game right. yes he was 17 he Holy was at atari crap. and his mom would drop him off or whatever i've heard stories about like people who work with him are like you know he'd have his mom drop him off outside of the office he'd come into work and he worked on marble madness and that was his idea and everything like he i think he did the music and like, all kinds of stuff in that so um that was all him
0: I mean, it's, Mark Cernan, f- uh, you're uh, a
1: genius. I mean, it's so crazy because I, I, I do not consider myself a video game historian in the same way that most people do. Like, I think of, weirdly, I think of like Shane Bettenhausen when I think of stuff like that, of like, people have yep. like crazy, ridiculous, uh, collections and you, they can like spit off, off the top of their head, just like, oh, such and such made that from that studio <laughs> that turned into this one and blah, 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 blah. Like, People who have that kind of encyclopedic knowledge will just always amaze me. But it's also <laughs> it's also really interesting just to hear the stories of people who, if you don't have that knowledge, you're like, oh, shit, Mark Cerny made that? Mark Cerny yeah. is like right. the person who turned Sony around right now. Right. It's Besides amazing. all right. the other stuff that he's done in the industry.
2: I remember going to lunch oh. with Mark Cerny one time years ago, and uh, he, he was drawing out on an app. I was with Chris Charla, and we are just – I don't know why was managed to go to lunch with him. And he was. We're trying to figure out why the Saturn rendering, like the the signal coming out of the Saturn to the television, seemed mm-hmm. dingy. Like it was hard to explain. Like huh. there's a certain thing, and when you look at a Saturn game, you're like the colors are not as vibrant as you'd expect. Right. And stuff. There's something about it, but it's hard to explain. And we're we're talking about this in this conversation, and he just whips out a pen, is explaining the actual like the 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 motherboard of the saturn and why like what would happen is the trace that went over certain signals how it got distorted and also he knew exactly why it looked the way it did and what was causing it and he like, mapped it out on a napkin in like two minutes and i was like this guy's a genius I freaking <laughs> see oh people
1: gosh. like that i love people like that because they're savants in their own way and yeah. in multiple ways but it's also like there are a couple people in the industry who i would like kick kick an old lady for her to go meet right yes <laughs> mark cerny is one of those people yep. because mark cerny one every time he's on stage i never feel like there's going to be a problem and when i say like a problem like i always feel at home and calm yeah, Light. like hmm.
2: he's the guy who's not gonna like he's gonna want, he's the one who's gonna play the song and not mess mess up a note. Yeah, he's gonna right. hit every note. He's like when you watch like American Idol or one of these shows, you're like you feel you're ready to cringe because they're not gonna do it. Like he comes on right. stage, you're like oh, we're, this is
1: fine. I'm gonna sit back.
0: And right, see, enjoy right, this. everything's okay.
3: Yeah, he's everything's like, okay. I'm uh-huh. in a blanket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right.
1: It's like I love that dude's voice, and he's like he's like video game nog Champa. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like he's like so calming and it's just very chill and I'm just like, Oh, you can do whatever you like, Mark Cerny, you can totally kidnap me and put me in the woods and it would be all right.
2: He could do the history of video games as books on tape and you're yes. gonna like buy every single one of those Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I I love I love what he does. He's he's amazing. He's totally like one of those crazy people who come around once in a lifetime you're like how the hell did you get into all this and how did you start this process
2: yeah because this party there's a every year there's this party at game developers conference and there's like the who's who and everybody's to show up and last year uh mark cerny was there and i like I was hanging out with somebody, walked up to him, and we're having this conversation. But like in the in my mind, we're having this conversation. I'm like, I am too stupid to be talking to this guy because like <laughs> I can tell like, our conversation is like kind of boring him, but he he knows the social convention to stick around. Right. <laughs> so it's, like, I'm just happy we had this conversation. I can't wait to leave to stop bothering him. <laughs> oh
0: man. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get oh, that. Oh jeez. So so yeah. So uh, basically, when we run into Mike Cerny. Mark Cerny will, will be like, uh hey, remember that time you, you made Marble Madness? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, remember that time? You're awesome. Exactly. Oh, do you rem- remember?
2: Remember when you're, when you, when you made Peter Packrat? <laughs> <Right. laughs> Which was another arcade game you made, but, uh, yeah, it's, it is a lot like that when I'm around him. It's just I think kind, I would kind of freeze
1: up if I had to talk to Mark Cerny. <laughs> Cause I wouldn't know what to, like, there's so many things that I would want to ask, but there's just not enough time. That's the thing. Right, he's right. been
2: around, and he's so smart. And like, your brain goes into that mode of like, whatever I say to him, it's got to qualify as something worthy of him responding to, right. because he gets a lot of the same stuff, a lot of the same shit over and over again. Asked like, oh, what about you know this or that, or tell me about Spyro, tell me about Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> All stuff. But yeah. I this,
1: mean, I'm sure this, I'm sure you're going to get the same thing when when you when you become 70 years old and you're like, hey, Mike, <laughs> can you tell us a story about how you hacked Donkey Kong again? <laughs> yeah. right. Tell us what a joystick
2: is. <laughs> well, you, you play with your hands. <laughs> yeah, uh, You didn't have any of this gesture stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, well, well actually, perfect segue. Um So. So, Mike, while you're two degrees separated from, from everyone in the industry ever, um, and, you know, we had this Mark S- uh, Cerny Love Fest, which was brought to you by the letters R E S P E C N T. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, why don't you talk about the other thing that you're famous for, namely hacking Donkey Kong?
2: <laughs> that was, uh, I think, over a year now. And, um, it was this. It's one of these things. Like that's what's so amazing about the internet. Like you never know what people are gonna get interested in or whatever, and you never plan for it. Like all the stuff that ever happens. There's. I had right. no idea what was gonna happen with this thing. And what we're talking about is um, my daughter. Uh, her when she was three, I introduced her to a lot of games, and one of the games she really enjoyed was Donkey Kong. And so she she was getting really good at it, and we're playing the NES version of it. And uh, naturally, I moved on to showing her like Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 2. And she loves Super Mario Brothers 2 because you could play as the princess. Right. And so sure. she insisted we play as the princess. Of course, she wants to do that. So it was kind of great. We're playing it and playing it. And she relaxed. Really and then we go back to Donkey Kong one day and we start to play the game. She's like, no, I want to play as the girl. And she was pointing at Pauline at the top and I'm like, Well, hmm. I'm not like Super Mario Brothers two, this one you can only play as Mario and she was a little bummed out by it. Like you could I mean she was really bummed out to be honest. And right. I started thinking, like, okay, she didn't really want to play it anymore, and I'm like, That's so odd and like that and um it's kind of a bummer and I started thinking about it all day long. I'm like, Well, this is what I do. I make games and I know how to do <laughs> <Right>. this stuff <laughs> and so my brain starts spinning on like I wonder what it would take to just swap the characters and do this sort of thing. So i in the office, I was asking a friend of mine here, Kevin Wilson, a uh, really great engineer. He's done a lot of NES stuff, and um, he knew a lot about the hardware and everything. And uh, he kind of pointed me in the direction of some tools and all this stuff, so I got all stuff together, and he gave me some pointers. And then it was like a Friday – I think it was Friday night or a Thursday night. I uh, hopped on, on it, and I just started – after everybody, all the kids were to bed, my wife went to bed, I just started poking at it, figuring I would just – Put my toe in a little bit and see what it would take to do it. But I got kind of addicted to it. Once you, you get going on something, you start pulling that string of the sweater, you just keep going. Or sure. it's like, uh, you know that, that sensation you get when you're doing like bubble wrap and you just can't stop. Right, right. You can't what, stop popping the. Wrap. That's exactly. It's like, that's, that's what hacking a ROM feels like to me. So it was like, I started making changes <laughs> and I saw it was working and it was just like, I started getting jazzed and kept going, kept going. And next thing I knew, I looked up, it was like three or four in the morning and I'm like, I'm almost done. And I couldn't believe I had wasted all that time on just hacking this ROM. So, all the while, though, as I was doing it, I started to post on Facebook my progress because I figured a lot of my friends who do this kind of stuff, they probably get a kick out of it. And sure. um, so I'm doing that. And then, I, I throughout this, a couple of times, like somebody would say, Hey, do you mind if I post this here or post this there? I'm like, Yeah, go ahead. And one of those guys, Adam Boys, who's like, uh, he, he's way <laughs> more in, in in tune with social media than I was, especially at the time. Um, he was just saying, I'm going to do this. So, I can. so I'm like, Yeah, go ahead, whatever. And, um, the next day not thinking anything of it I, my daughter came by and play it, and she loved it and we sat there and played it for a little while and she was excited and that was just awesome i'm like this is really cool it all worked out pretty well all stuff and then i went to uh it was like a charity event for my son's school and uh on the way there my my wife's like can you just please we do these things and you always are you're always on your cell phone can you just please put it away turn it off and stuff i'm like okay <laughs> whatever and all stuff. so i put it in my pocket but I didn't turn it off because you know <laughs> can't right. help it. Right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so we're sitting there, we're having <laughs> like dinner met. and all stuff, and it just keeps buzzing in my pocket. I'm like, Oh, what's going on here? And like, I didn't want to like let on this was going on. And it kept going, it kept going. and Finally, <laughs> right. I'm like, I turn my off. I'm like, you know what? I gotta go check my phone because what if it's the babysitter and something? She's like, Oh, right, yeah, go. right. Good story, Mike. I know. It's you? like, it's, <laughs> what's going on here? So I, I go there and I see all these messages from all my friends. And like one one of the text messages I came over is like, your story is blowing up. And I'm like, what story? And, and like, so, I do right. occasionally podcasts like this and stuff. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, what did I say that's got me in some big trouble? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then uh, so like, I called up a buddy of mine. And he's like you're like number two on the front page of reddit and i'm like what like what did what? i do and then he explained the donkey kong thing so what adam had done is he posted it on reddit and it just started climbing on reddit i guess and um from there it started hitting everywhere like wired wanted me to do this um op-ed thing and i, I did it really quick i just i sent a, a, a quick email because they asked me if i could just write up what why i did what i did and i just Send a whole bunch of brainstorm notes and just sent it out, and they just published it as is. And it was like okay, whatever. But it, it, it was like a huge story for Wired, which was great, and that was cool and all. But um, it just kept going, and then my parents were calling. Are like, we have Good Morning America calling us, we have CNN, and what do we do? And I'm like, wow, this is insane. Like, why are all these people like getting excited over this hack? And uh, so it was my 15 minutes on on that thing, and it kind of just exploded for a while. Like YouTube, it took off, and um, it was it was actually really cool because. What it really did for me, like, just, I already already figured this out with my daughter, like, I'm seeing the world through her eyes, right? So mm-hmm. I see that there's a lot of issues still that I was kind of, like, numb to, or, or I, I was naive about. And sure. part of that is, like, she likes to play games, but she doesn't, she wants to play as a girl in these games. And there's very few games that you can cut, I pick up and say, here, you get to play, it. especially at three and four, right? Right. she, right. you can't put in Tomb right. Raider and say, have at it, you know, <laughs> like, watch all this horrible stuff happen. So um, there's all that stuff. And all while this was kind of going on, Anita Sarkeesian was getting some uh, heat over her first trope, uh, tropes versus women in video games series. Right. And sure. Was, and the trope she was talking about was the damsel in distress. And I was completely clueless about that happening. It was just serendipity that I did this hack, and then her stuff took off, and it, they kind of fueled each other. And so a lot of the, the conversation that I would be invited into would be just like my... You know, women in video games and the damsel in distress trope and all stuff. Which I'm the worst qual i am i am a guy, right? Like I, I, all I can bring to the table is like, yeah, I think there's a lot of issues, <laughs> but like I, I didn't grow up with these these problems, and I know there are problems, and you know that sort of stuff. So it was—it was a little. I wasn't prepared to be part of those conversations, but at the same time, I felt like I should be part of those conversations because I had now played a role in it. And uh, and through all this stuff, I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot from Anita. I learned a lot from all these other people coming into these panels and all stuff that um, I felt like my mind had been opened up to a whole new world and understanding of things that now, as we do games like IDARB and all this stuff, um, it's kind of translated because we showed IDARB at, at E3, and just as we're doing that... Uh, Ubisoft gets a little bit of heat over um, Assassin's Creed not having a a female character or a a woman in the game. And. um, You know that, then and of itself, you know that can be discussed, and there's all these things. But like, the the reason behind it was the thing that was making everybody upset because they're like, we just didn't have the resources to do it. And you're like, this is a two thousand person team or whatever you're saying. Like <laughs> you, you you don't have the resources to make a woman <laughs> be a character in the game. And meanwhile, you have all these women in the game that like looks like you put even more energy into making sure that their breast moved and everything like that <laughs> than anything else. So it's like it was just a, this funny kind of like excuse from Ubisoft that kind of blew up and meanwhile uh, Kotaku then posted this comic that was amazing uh it started off with uh the the author saying like I played a glass of orange juice uh Tiana <laughs> from Disney princesses uh like eggs and like, also, like all these different characters and then it ends the comic ends with her sitting there like reading the excuse from Yusof that they didn't have enough resources to like put a woman in Assassin's Creed I'm like <laughs> oh I, I'm getting, forever I'm going to be involved in this stuff but um it was it was awesome and it was great because like now everything I work on I feel like okay I'm gonna make sure that we have choices in our games because it's not hard to do and it, the reaction that I see on my daughter and other people that feel inclusive now into the game process yeah. is is gold it's it's amazing and it's like it's exactly. so rewarding to to see people get so excited about that and I would never have really seen that like I come from an age of like getting documents from focus tests that like. You you have no idea like how how diverse the group is or anything like that. You just know oh I got to fix this bug or whatever. And there's they selectively pull out stuff that they don't want us to see and stuff. So right. this is a, a all new world. And a lot of it's because of indie games now where we can self publish. We're now working directly with gamers to to figure out what they want, and it's mind blowing the kind of stuff you can do that makes people happy.
0: Right. Yeah. Well. You you know. I mean, it's it's great to hear you say that. We've been beating the drum about you know obviously you know we. we uh, you know, Khalif and I come from come from an ilk where, as you know, as lifelong gamers, we've been cognizant of the fact, even if it was subliminally, uh, of you know the fact that lots of lots of times that the games that we see don't you know the 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 protagonists that we see don't necessarily look like us. Um, yeah. And and as we've grown older and and as we've grown wiser, we've kind of been able to recognize that for, you know, for ourselves. And obviously it allows us to empathize with people, with other people and, you know, and, and the other major minority group, which is women um, and, and them, you know, with, with them saying, Hey, well, what about us? Yep. Um, and in fact, we, we had, uh, we had an episode featuring our great friend, uh, Professor Trey Andrea Rustworm gotcha this time. Um, where we talked about women, women and gaming extensively, yeah, um, which was which was a, a, a lot of fun. Are you are you um,
1: finding that your your daughter still is looking to have those characters be represented? Are you seeing when in the games that she might be playing that she's still asking for those particular things?
2: She is, in fact. Um, I you know this is probably. I I started all this, but like, she she'll play a game, and she's more interested in playing a game where she can actually empathi- empathize and relate to the character in the game. And And sure. um, she she kind of at, at four years old, she's making distinctions and what game she she wants to play based on that. And amazing. It's it's and you you have to imagine like this has been going on forever, and like right. Why hadn't we started doing this before? I remember I worked on a game. For uh, Nintendo and Activision, or or Disney, not Activision, and it was Alice in Wonderland. It was one of the last Game Boy Color games. It reviewed really well. It was this cool game. I loved working on it, and what I really liked about it was we're making this, we're recreating the story of Alice in Wonderland as a game, and it was awesome to work with Nintendo, first party, and all stuff. But it was funny because here's this game that we're developing, and like uh, at the time I was I wasn't a parent yet, but I knew based off people who were working on the game and their their kids and everything, like that, that we were trying to make this game that wasn't saying, hey, it's a game for girls or whatever. We were trying to really do justice to this story and what um, young girls and boys would find amazing about it. Right. And, like, right. at the time, it's like, how do you make people relate to Alice in Wonderland? And so we're going through all this stuff and we get all this focus group test information, all this focus group test information over and over and all stuff. And finally one day, it was just like, you know, like, one of, one of the... Bits of feedback we got from one of the producers on the project was like, D- "Does Alice have to run so much like a girl?" And that blew our minds because wow. we're like, "Yes, she does, right?" She like we're not, does. and and we're we're basing her run off of the Alice run from the movie, which was based off of sure. a real girl. Right. Uh, they right. rotoscoped this girl. I forgot her name off the top of my head, but like this this girl who's a great actress that did all the rotoscoping for Disney and like, um, so it's it was that mentality at the time that was just amazing to me because it was like. That's going on. And then finally we, we thought, like, you know, we're getting all this focus group information, but it's really coming over, like, it's, it's like it feels like it's coming from a different place. And so we're asking about who's in these focus group tests. Right. And the core gamer in every focus group test was a 20-something dude <laughs> playing Alice in Wonderland right, on Game Boy right, Color, right. meant for kids. Right. And in particular, like, it would be great if we can get more girls playing it. And sure. uh, so it was, like, it was the first first indication to me that like our system was broken if we're gonna make right. games <laughs> for for kids and every kind of kid like we can't be you know the third the 20 th- the something white dude uh group of them sitting in a room making those decisions or saying what does and doesn't work that's just not gonna get right. you the feedback you need right so exactly it was just it, it was really eye-opening and and i i feel very like blessed is the only word i can really say is like a lot of the games i've worked on um, and we're really selective. I, I got to pick a lot about, uh, pick which games we were working on. And we always gravitated, the group that I work with that I've been working with for many years, we've always gravitated for games that were, uh, you know, not overly violent and as inclusive as possible and trying to, um, you know, Trying, trying to make something that like we wanted everybody to be able to play, and I think the problem till this date is a lot of developers were very young and immature and didn't really uh, didn't have any context to understand that. Right, and we're given the tools to do that because like again with the focus group tests, you would get this information, and finally at one point you're like, you know what? Why don't we question what this is all about because this isn't making sense.
3: Right,
0: right. I mean that's the
1: thing, right? Is like it only takes it takes a, a long period of time for people to really understand what is. What are the things that are missing that are making their games either better or worse yeah. I and mean, once once you figure out that that's a part of the process and that you know <laughs> women are people too <laughs> yeah <laughs> That it's <laughs> that it's like i mean it's it's so stupid to say it that way, but it feels like that's the way the industry has been going and society in general for a long time but you, but i'm but I'm happy that you had that uh, that epiphany and we're able to have that uh experience and then push that forward in a in a way that was beneficial to all of us uh because the games that you'll put out from now. Uh, from now until the future, they'll they'll always have that foundation in there. So that's that's awesome. I'm happy. Exactly, to hear
2: that. and the, I think the biggest thing people need to learn from all this stuff, and I've learned every step of the way, is like it doesn't. You don't sacrifice to do that. It makes. Right. I mean, you, right. you get more success for it, and you make. Like I think it was um Toru Toru Iwatani, who the guy who designed Pac Man. Yep. He has this right. very distinct definition of what a game designer is, and he's, he, he says a game designer is somebody who makes people happy. And like that is like as pure as it gets. Like if you're making a game and you want to make people happy, you want to make everybody happy. And like sure. if you start there, it, it becomes just common sense to do some of these things.
0: Right, right. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's the thing is is being able to be super inclusive. And one of the things that's great about IDARB is that uh, that you make these teams. Um, that you, you have some set teams that have already been created, but like, like Khalif was alluding to earlier, you can go in and you can create your own characters, um, from just about anything. You've got, you know, just these 8 bit pixels and you can build literally anything. Um, and, and to, to your surprise and dismay, I think <laughs> you haven't gotten, uh, you know the, the the penises, the cock and balls, as it were. <laughs> um, and, I, I, um, you're, you're, getting you're right. Real stuff.
2: You're right. Like I we I learned a new acronym uh, with IDAR because I saw people saying like, "What is the TTP for IDAR?" And I'm like, what does that mean? Is that like a rating? Is that a whatever? And like it took me a whole week when I first saw it to realize time to penis is what the acronym means. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, that would be – and so our website now has been full of like penises and uh, every other kind of thing you can imagine. But it it took a while for people to do that because it was really surprising. You do this and you offer this up. I was blown away that uh, it took forever for that to show up. And like the first thing I had ever seen on a Nintendo DS – at E3, on PictoChat. Open the thing up, there's PictoChat. <laughs> Somebody over on the other side sitting there... Like talking to me and they just sent over a penis first thing that was the first thing I ever saw on a DS right
0: right. it's it's, it's like it's like Edison Alexander Graham Bell telling Mr. Watson to come here so he could show him a picture of his penis
2: yeah all our future artists had an avenue through the DS to create some of the most masterwork (laughs) portraits of penises
1: I feel so bad hearing that that makes because you know why because one it just it kind of plays back into the idea of just how young our medium is yeah right and just how right. not how it just how not mature it hasn't gotten yet it's just like <laughs> it feels like the it feels like the green banana that's been on the freaking table forever it hasn't <laughs> right. turned yellow yet it's right. it's, a, it's
2: just but, kind of who we are though right like i was yeah, watching sure. the um the QuakeCon uh stream earlier and okay. uh, on twitch and Like you're you're listening to the guy talk, and it's like the best comedy ever because you're listening to the guy talk, you're like, I wonder what the kids are saying. You look over, and you just laugh your ass off because it's so out of context and so awful and so horrible right. that it's like, it just becomes extremely funny because like the right. person who's typing it 99.9% of those guys are just trying to be funny. Right. And like, right. and some right. of them, you know, are crazy. <laughs> like, right. it's, like, it's like those guys couldn't say anything on stage that wasn't getting the worst possible illusions on the other side of the page. Right. <laughs> they were ripping on everything about the person, what they're going right. to announce and what they thought about right. stuff. And it was, it was pretty funny. And it's, and it's, yeah. But you have to like. I think kids growing up now they understand that. It's funny because like I I, I took a lot of offense to stuff that was uh, posted on the YouTube video right. about my daughter because uh, sure. there's people saying awful awful things that if I ever met them in real life I would just like break their necks. But right. at the same time like there's so much wonderful things being said and also realizing that that's just that's just how it is that's what these yeah. people do and you have some yeah. amount of trolling is just going to happen i that was right. the first thing i ever experienced playing halo on the xbox halo 2 was like how much I could one get my ass handed to me, and two, how much a twelve-year-old, how horrible a twelve-year-old sounds telling you that he's gonna rip <laughs> right. your, your under right. regions off and stuff them down your throat, and you're just like, wow, right. this is amazing. Right. Like, and his right. mom is yelling at him to take out the garbage. I can hear it. Right. <laughs> like, this, right. Is, right. this is a new world. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's besides that's
1: besides the parents who were like, you need to say that a little bit louder, Timmy. Yeah. yeah right yeah. say, it, say exactly. it from the diaphragm yeah right, the parents right. are sitting there like
2: if you're gonna do this make sure you really uh, you know, right. reach inside and make sure they hear it, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> say it right say it yeah. put some bass into it say it with oomf, yeah right <laughs> yeah make your grandfather yeah. proud
3: yeah. <laughs> 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 oh no so <laughs> oh <my> god, god.
0: <laughs> so Mike so people people initially uh, tuned in and they were like oh yeah Mike's got this game called iDARB and you talked about a little bit, but um, what if you had to classify idarb? Uh, what would you class? Would it, would it be a party game? Would it be a sports game? Would you, you
2: know, <laughs> we have this debate every day still, where it's just kind of like, <laughs> how do you distill this into something succinct? And it's I, I I'd say it's like it's it's a throwback to, and this is because of where it all came from. I think right. everybody who was responding to what I was tweeting about. Uh, come from a, a time when, and probably miss, and it was also at the same time. There's a Towerfall was kind of taking off when this was kind of going mm-hmm. on. Like a lot of talk sure. about it, people were really into Towerfall and stuff. So right. you have that in the popular psyche, and they're start throwing ideas our way. And you have a lot of people who grew up with NBA Jam, NHL '95, '94, and right. uh, NBA Live, and all these old Genesis sports games that were awesome. And uh, games like Sensible Soccer, which a lot of people don't know over here, but it was an incredible soccer game mm-hmm. uh, that came out on uh, Genesis as well as Amiga and all these older machines. Um, so this crowd who was responding to all these tweets I was putting out there, they come from that generation, and they really miss those games. Bomberman and stuff like that, right? Right, uh, that right. That couch right. play game, that arena game, that sports style game. So uh, all sure. these ideas were coming from people with all these – they would reminisce in a lot of these forums about it. And um, so a lot of these ideas come from that place. So it's a, it's a sports game, but imagine Smash Brothers meets NBA Jam meets Joust. <laughs> right. and, uh, and very esport-centric, because we're trying really hard to make sure this is extremely fair and follows all the guidelines that qualify it as an esport. Because oh, you okay. can really see this is something that gets really competitive um, and really quick. So yeah. we're kind of, yeah. that it's, it's, a, it's an esport Smash Brothers NBA Jam-ish Joust nice game. yeah <laughs> now, now
0: so so you've got you've got support for up to eight characters local
2: eight players local, or is it four is, it will also is, be online oh, but the okay, eight right. players what we're going to do online it's going to be couch versus couch so it's really gonna only be okay. two xboxes against each other but any number of players on each side so you could have seven players on one xbox and one player on another you could have One player on an Xbox on Team Red and three other players on Team Red on the other Xbox. That's awesome. So it really allows you to have the ability, like if if all your friends over somewhere, you know, at the dorm and you had to go home to your parents for whatever reason, you could still play the game with
0: everybody. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that's really, that's a lot of forethought um, into uh, making sure that that people are going to be able to play together. That's, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. From one of the, from one of the videos that I saw, it remind <laughs> it reminded me of, uh and we talked a little bit about this uh prior to us recording, was just the arcade feel, but not arcade in just the the game sense of the word, but like old school. You're at a cabinet in a in a in a bar, or you're in a place where there's like elbows next to each other, bumping each other, and you're like oh, going yeah. at it. That's the it, NBA
2: Jam, and Simpsons, and Turtles, and yeah. uh, you think about those games, and you think about things like Gauntlet, right? Yeah. Um, there's something, like, uh, this is what I think Towerfall, and these other games, I, I w- at the same time when I was doing this, I was also playing a lot of Nidhogg, I think is the name of it, that uh, awesome yep. kind of like 2D, reminded me of Bushido Blade kind of thing, and we'd mm-hmm. play it in the office, and like we. I think we all, I think so many people around the world right, at this point are starting to remember what it was like to actually physically be with somebody playing a game. Right. Like, the fact right. that, like, Halo... I, I, didn't Halo stop doing the four-player split screen at some point? Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. I forgot which, what, what point it started, but, like, it was probably around um, ODST or something. ODST? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. ODST, OSDT, uh, you know, whatever it right, was. Right, right, right. It was <laughs> p- uh, PTSD. PTSD. Yeah, R e s p e c t. right. <laughs> like, when that game came out i felt like that was the beginning of the end of that couch play because i remember us getting four xboxes together and playing halo one blood gulch for like eight hours straight yeah all in the sure. same room and like being next to somebody and be able to punch them or high five them right. or do that stuff that like <laughs> i'd have to get too cerebral but i mean that's kind of part of like who we are as humans right like we have to have that social right. interaction and that physicality and all stuff and like you can't Absolutely. replace that online Right. And uh, it just doesn't feel right or it's that distant voice. That's why like a 12-year-old can tell me he's going to kill me and rape everybody I know because he knows I'm not sitting next to him and I'm going to like right. him strangle him. Right. Right. so like, But when you have that in in like uh, in this context of being with each other, it's, you can't replace that. And so this kind of – when we're putting this game together and we put in eight players just because we could, it suddenly dawned on us like this is what it's all about. Like this is you – can't, you can't fake this in any other way. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things that I that I had as takeaways that I really, I'm really excited about when I get my hands on it is, well, you know, you described it with with all those amazing other games, you know, tied to it. But it reminds me of going back to the whole arcade is, do you remember a track mode, attract mode? On games is basically when you had your cabinet in the in the arcade. Oh yeah, and it sure. Would, and it would scream at you. Shit, it would scream. Shit oh yeah, at it's you. like
2: come here. Here's why you need to play this because Absolutely. look how awesome it is.
1: Yes, and it feels like Idarb is that on crack because <laughs> yeah. it's like attract mode, but you're playing the attract mode all the time. <laughs> right. It's it's such
2: an insane. so many inspirations from so many different people like kind of melted together to create this really insane thing because we had some folks in the office yesterday who you know I've seen it so much that like I every time I introduce somebody to it I'm like oh man what are they going to think and I still (laughs) think that (laughs) no matter how much people say I love your game like I'm still like I hope I, I hope it lives up to it but like Instantly, within five minutes, they are just, like, wanting to play over and over and over, high-fiving each other, screaming, making the other offices around our office here complain and (laughs) all this stuff. (laughs) But it's like, that; it, it just quickly gets to that. And that's because of all these dumb things that are in it. It's like, you know, blissfully dumb things. The fact that you can rickroll players and do stuff from Twitch and Twitter. Like, when you're playing the game... Anybody who's watching it, whether you're streaming it or you're in the room, you can pull out Twitter and tweet the game and trigger things that affect the game and play. You can do that with uh, Twitch as well. If you're streaming over Twitch on the Xbox One, everybody who's chatting can just start triggering things and affecting the game. You can, um, like I said, you can rickroll, you can turn out the lights, you can reverse gravity, you can reverse controls, you can make the ball into a bomb. You can do all this stuff that affects everything in the game. And that, like, Brought it to a whole new level, and that insanity allowed people who are giving ideas to have all their ideas kind of in it because we can trigger it with all this.
1: I was gonna ask you about that because one, it feels like you guys have put all, it's like you talk about the suggestion box, right? Yeah, <laughs> it feels like there are many, many things in the suggestion box that got put <laughs> into the game. Like I saw stuff like, like Mortal Kombat esque, like. <laughs> just like <laughs> things popping out of the screen toasties popping out of the oh screen. you had leland
2: yee right so leland yes. yee who's the guy who's like anti-video game we added him into the game and i don't think we can ship with his likeness ultimately which sucks but like <laughs> we had him in the game where he comes out of the side of the screen going
3: toasty you know amazing <laughs> like, oh, oh, freaking amazing and it's it's, uh,
1: it's like you know what it, it also really made me think of like i know that that, I, that you guys have to have like an amazing sense of humor. Just, just you be on the show now. I'm like, I know that office must be amazing to work at. But it reminds me of like the Zucker brothers with like Amazon women on the moon or some yeah. shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like every and anything can happen. I saw you guys had your quick, your a uh, quick look on Giant Bomb, and like there's a big ass Dave Lang in the background. Yeah, it's he rises out of the earth. <laughs> I mean, he does that. He does that in real life. Yeah, but,
2: right. and he shows up. He comes right out of the ground like a of this or whatever. That, <laughs> right.
0: Like that stuff was. The, the great game. pumpkin.
1: Yes. Yeah, the great pumpkin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Is that? <laughs> yeah, and it's like in between rounds, like you jump, like like little things, like jumping, just to just for the hell of <laughs> yeah. it. And like right. I saw, like there was a part. I guess it was like a sudden death part. And there was like sudden death that both teams had like one one more chance to score, and then the team won. And it's like shake the right stick to make them cry. Yeah, so yeah. you can you can
2: hold A to cry tears, which fills up the screen. And then the people who won are fighting for MVP of the game because whoever played the best is the, is the highest up on a pedestal. Yes. If you wiggle your right stick, the other guys can raise their pedestal. And so like you're fighting. You're literally having this like wiggle, like kind of decathlon-style, track and field-style war to try right. to be the MVP of the game oh. while the other guys can sob and create a river that just kind of rises from the bottom of the screen. And then we also started to add in from somebody else's suggestion – which wasn't in that video. We're adding in the uh, ability for the the guys who won the game to like cast a rod and try to fish out of the tears. <laughs> 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 Stupid stuff. <laughs> but it's only because like I, what, it was funny because like we would show these videos and people were like they would see the they only get to see a glimpse of things in the game, so they would make suggestions based off only what they could see. So we would show like the victory screen and they would just start making suggestions off of an image where it's like make the guys who lost cry and do this <laughs> and it's like okay we'll do that. And so but you say Zucker brothers and stuff like that and like that uh, we the the crew that's here in other ocean particularly like they're the sense of humor is really weird it is that zucker style but really absurd like i think like because we're also i don't know if you know this we're also working on a sharknado game right now what
1: <laughs> no are you serious
2: <laughs> oh yeah because we got a call one day from oh majesco we've, we've worked with majesco before they're really fun guys and i think like that but it was like this kind of call where it's like would you guys be interested in doing Sharknado? And like, we had seen Sharknado probably a hundred times, and we like some of the yeah. guys here went to go see it at the uh, the Rift Tracks show um, oh, okay. like that. And we <laughs> oh, we yeah. love what we loved about that movie is it's super dumb, but also it yeah. knows what it is. And then Ian Ziering yeah. played it so straight in that movie; it's almost that's right. the pure comedy <laughs> right. right there. It's it was like, amazing. Right. He played it as if he was Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Like he's not gonna <laughs> right. he's not gonna crack a smile. He's not gonna like <laughs> accept what the movie is. He's just gonna play it as straight as possible. And so um, we had shipped a game just recently called NBA Rush, which was uh, our take on, like, let's go back to the Space Jam roots roots of NBA, and, like, you're running down the street, it's like an infinite runner, and yep. you're taking on Martians and all this stuff, and we had a lot of fun with that. Nice. It was a short cycle game, so we could only do so much, but um, we had that there, and we're like, well, can we make an infinite runner with Sharknado? Uh, and can we do it in the two-month time or whatever it is to get this thing turned around because <laughs> it's really short. And so we we, lo- we loved about Sharknado was, like, they knew what it was. It was cheesy. If, if we're going to do this, it's got to be cheesy, and, like, this, is, just make sure we have fun with it. So Frank Cifaldi, uh, our producer here, who's a really funny guy, he produced, directed, and wrote and all this, the, the whole game with uh, our team in Manila, and they, they took NBA Rush... As a basis, and created this whole new thing. So you're running down the streets of New York, and you have a broadsword or a bat or a chainsaw. You're killing sharks, <laughs> and at one point, if you pick up this icon, now like the streets flood, and you're surfing, and it has a surf surf uh, music track. It's like the surfing track. It sounds like the Beach Boys singing a Sharknado song. What? And then you get another icon, and you go into the Sharknado, riding a shark with a chainsaw. And you're trying to get to the center of the Sharknado and and uh, ignite it and blow it up, and then you move on to the next Sharknado. <laughs> oh my
1: God! See this is see this is the stuff. First, see first of all, can you guys adopt me?
2: <laughs> we have room, so you're it, welcome. I, You'd have to sleep next to the Joust machine though. <laughs>
1: it's it's craziness, man. It's like I don't even know I don't even know what to do with all that amazing stuff you just <laughs> talked about. Because it's like if you were to write that on a big ass whiteboard and and pitch that to somebody they would kick you out of the building. Oh, that's They'd the beauty want-
2: of it. See, that's what we loved about it, it was like nobody else. Majesco is the only company that like knows who we are and what we do and we will go like, "All right. <laughs> let's go like, to our friends in Jersey. We call them like our friends in Jersey are like, "Yep, all right, let's do that." And uh it was just an opportunity to just have so much stupid fun with it. And uh and the beauty is like people know going into this game like if we if we did our job right, they know it's going to be like a bad movie game with all this really dumb stuff in it, and that's exactly what they're looking for. And so we just embraced that and went with it because like there's no way anybody's going to make a great Sharknado game in two months. What do you mean? What do you mean? How, you mean? Right. You, how dare you? Are you telling such a me thing? that Naughty Dog is not
1: chomping at the bit to pick that up? Oh, you know when I
2: when I posted that we were working on when we finally got the, the go ahead to talk about it. Like I had so many jealous friends of mine who are like, I would kill to be working on that game right now. And I'm like that's the power of Sharknado, right? Right. <laughs> oh god, that's so awesome. Because they have it's Sharknado like, two coming out. This, I think it's the end of this month. Because we're shipping
0: at the end of the month. yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, you guys, you, you we got guys early, the rights for that too.
2: Yeah, so we got early access to see a lot of that, and we got the script and everything. And uh, I, I honestly can say, like, I can't wait to see it. Like. They might be able to mess it all up, whatever. But like from what I read, and what I've seen, I'm like, this is this is like Shakespeare's version of Sharknado. Now it's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm
1: I'm really not that mad about them making a sequel to that movie because it was one of those things where I saw it. And I was like, if they don't make a second one of these, you gotta do it. You just gotta.
2: You're right. It's like that, you know, it's you get the virtual elbow from the guys going like, Yep, you know, like the next thing we should do is make a sequel because like you're in on the joke with the movie. And that's the beauty of it. It's like before Snakes on a Plane came out, it was like it was a different movie and then when twitter exploded and online they're like you know motherfucking snakes on a plane all that kind of stuff took off uh they changed the movie because of that and honestly it's probably you know not that the movie was great but it became a better movie because of all the craziness that happened online (laughs)
1: absolutely yeah it's it's um actually you know what you know know what we're gonna do i think we should take our music break right now all right this is this damn we just had a sharknado of dopeness Right, right. <laughs> of, of all this stuff, I'm saying like I'm asking Mike to adopt me now because of the shark the shark NATO stuff, I just, I just want to sit in the corner while you guys make the game, and I can just look <laughs> um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break, we're gonna I can let everybody let all of you in the, in the audience get a glass of water, uh hopefully we won't get eaten by a shark, uh, and we're gonna be right back after this.
4: Yo, swag mania, pop the ghost most carry the most beautiful with us happily toast Keep the faculty close, gross when we give them a dose. Got them OD and leaning in each coast, scenery froze, take notes, rock. That fader Chanel mentioned the winner. Who f***ing with us We coming to give him the shivers Water we flow spilling like rivers Flooding the street hoping To swimmers move with gorillas King Kongs, Godzilla's when we roll up Seat filling uh-huh. Get up when I show up
0: Please don't throw uh-huh. up Hold your liquor, girl. Uh-huh. up If you're robbing We gon' show you how to blow up Thank you, lucky stars It's the raps are tucky. in My s*** bite like a red tent In my chagrin You never win Model thin Walking cracking your shin She gives in Every time that I spin Square up Bow down to the kings of the hall. We way gone Talk while we ball So us cracking
4: with Native New Yorker, the slick talker, keep in order Call a reporter, stepping like British Walkers. Legendary swag, fluency, the influence, see how we do it Get him into it steadily, got him stupid, so undisputed Act full, back tool, till they pop off Police crowd up the street, blocking them off, locking them off Got these dicks, while I signal my soldiers Bolsing it up, maintaining composure, stand on the sofa 30 bottles, 20 waitresses, bring them over See how we light a, call a promoter Tell that, bring the bag, better hurry up with it And count the money up proper Cause you can get it, you can get it, you can get get it, get it, it, you can get it I feel good, don't it? Uh. I feel good, don't it? I uh. 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 uh.
0: Hey, I wanna let y'all know. Hey, hey, I wanna let y'all know. This is And you listening to Q-Tip, cute Tip, Tip, Tip. tip. Set him up, stiletto up, saddle up and let's go Good times, only difference Making it dope Chatter is up, peep the way we batter it up On top of the mountain, folding the ladder up you dead and done, rip up your paper Cause your status is none Transfix on the sphinx of the page Whether chopper a gauge
4: You're just a single cause you wouldn't engage Turned up with the script on the cup You keep the gobbles with us See how we push, sometimes my mind forget cough Beat him in the head, boopity debuff, zippity boff Beat him in the head again, stop killing me wolf Wop, beat him till he drop, piggity poff Oxy and me, He don't want no problem with let's get the drinking poison I love us damn it we send us when me and abstract give us see we deliver she got me touching it and on all my fingers damn it we winners Pillars of this rap Homie, they know kill anything till it's time for me to go That's when I bomb it with a blowin and I black and get a little bit dummy the microphone is bleeding you should take it from me incredibly all do. right everybody
0: welcome back to the spawn on me podcast episode 22 hope you enjoyed that wonderful music break that was your boy busa bus busta bus rhymes with uh Kanye West and Q Tip and Lil Wayne Wheezy and thank you, um, and you know it's it's topical like like we always say because we want to thank you guys um, for for sticking with us for shining your light on us as it were, um, and also we want to thank our very very special guest uh, Mike Micah, who has just come and dropped gems gems with us um you know
1: in the words of kevin durant mike michael you are the mvp you are the mvp is- I,
2: I like that you you said like you're very 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 special guest As like, like i can see my mom saying that like back the like, he's very good, he so is special. he is such a- make sure like the rest of the class like they're probably a little more advanced right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or mike he's a oh, special dude. young boy
1: just remember to give him his Teddy Grams at 3 o'clock yeah Yeah, or I freak out (laughs) I'm just a
2: whirling dervish of fists and elbows
1: (laughs) can that can Can that be a special power in IDAR? <laughs> <laughs> like a Teddy Graham power-up. I, I made <laughs> yeah. my suggestion. There it is. I made
2: it. No one else on. take it. You just, you just submitted your first suggestion. Yeah, That's great. No like, one else take it. You over-sugar on something right? in the game and just go nuts. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So, so Mike uh, Mike works for Other Ocean, or um, and uh, they're making a game. I guess I guess it is you guys, right, technically, that are, are making – Yep, it uh, is. Is it – Hashtag iDarb or is it just iDarb?
2: Um, we just call it iDarb, but we write it out as hashtag iDarb because we are like we we thought it was the funniest and stupidest thing that we could call the game because like it's so cheesy to do the hashtag in the name as if like that'll get us. Right. Hits. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, that was the joke, but then it, it right.
0: worked. So then we're like, all right, we're keeping this. <laughs> Pound sign iDarb. <laughs> so- yeah oh, pound man. it there you go <laughs>
1: so so you talked about uh before the break you talked about a lot of the social media aspects of it um where the hell did that come from because i know the hashtag part you just explained that but how does that work in the uh, i don't want the technical part because i'll i'll freak out and, and, I'll, and i'll have my teddy graham moment but you know there's a couple of games that so like dead nation started to do something like that yep. with twitch and now you have this particular game that is doing lots of like hooks that that pull into to, to social media and, and and internet culture so how did that part come about
2: we had been talking to microsoft about another game idea for a long time it was probably like a year and a half ago or almost two years now and um we'd done a lot of research <laughs> it sounds like i'm sorry we did a lot of research <laughs> uh, and our, our data showed us no we um we really thought it'd be fun to somehow integrate Twitter and Twitch and all these things because everyone was using these platforms. Was there a way that we could bring those platforms uh, elegantly into a gaming experience? And the game that we're pitching around had a lot of similarities to like um, Animal Crossing because it's like this check-in every day sort of game, and you have a, a like a, a living world, and a lot of stuff that we had in this concept where like you know birds are flying around in the world and land on your windowsill and they just start. Telling you stuff that your friends are saying <laughs> on Twitter,
3: because <laughs> so, they're, they're literally,
2: literally tweeting to you in the game and all this stuff, and um and we and we would look at what was trending on Twitter and have that as topics that characters are talking about in the game and all this stuff. So we had already gone down this road of understanding how to make that work and what the hurdles were for that, and then when we we're putting this all together, we we wanted to bring stuff like that in, and then uh, the Pokemon plays took off on Twitch, uh. and that's where that where, you know, millions of people play Pokemon right. together and somehow magically through some miracle, they are able to right. finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> and we're looking at it going like, okay, this is, this is amazing. And if we, if we play our cards right and we really think this through, we could probably embrace what kind of willed this game into existence, which was everybody online, like very much like this podcast and other podcast stuff where a lot of people like you guys have talked about, I know you guys haven't, you, know, you haven't actually met in right. real life, right? Right. No. Right. Not yet. Right. Exactly. And so, but it's amazing because, like, you you might as well have because it's like you've known each other for years, and it, it's we. There's a lot of people out there that are like that, and if we could really make that work well in a game environment and, and embrace that, and and give people what, what what enabled them to give us all these ideas, more power to the game after it's gone live. So well after we ship it, they should still be contributing to the game. That became like our mantra. So. Uh, Twitch, uh, we had got hold of the guys at Twitch literally uh, like a week, li- like seven days before E3, and we're like, we need to figure out how we can read the Twitch feed on the Xbox One because on console nobody's actually done that. Right. Yet. Huh. And there is no library you can do it with or anything like that. And we told them what we wanted to do, and uh, one of our engineers here, Chris Larkin, is really good friends with somebody who works at Twitch, so they're having this conversation. and it, They overnight developed this API for the Xbox One for us to use, and they just gave it to us, and we, we plugged in. There's a little bit of things we had to do here and there, but uh, it was like flipping a switch, and it just worked. And so we we had we started to create all these things you could do in the game, things that, uh, by principle, were things that should affect both teams no matter what hmm. happens. Uh, so we, we have things where the screen zooms in and out, and it makes you want to puke and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. And we just started piling on all these little features uh, between that when we got the API and, and when we had to ship it to E3 and show it to millions of people, <laughs> and so we, we, we had this kind of Tucker moment because we put all this stuff in, and it had to sh- we had to show it to the world, but we had no time to really test it, so um, <laughs> oh, man. we put it all in, and we went to E3, and it, it was holding up. I remember... We went. And did, we, we had done this uh, mall event in which we had the game showing. Major Nelson was there. All these people came in there playing the game inside of a Microsoft store down in L.A. And I was getting frustrated because I'm watching the frame rate have problems, and there's no reason this game should have frame rate problems. So <laughs> something was wrong. And so that night, I my brother, who's down in L.A., like I, I was sitting in his uh, temporary apartment because he's now over at Disney, and he was moving. Uh, I was just working on the game all night, and by morning I had a new version, so I'm going in with a flash drive, and it's like, just like thirty minutes for the show has to open, I have to get this thing on there and get it all updated on the systems. And just as people are walking in, the game started to work. And so that was like this panic, but it all it all came together. But the uh, the thing that the, the bomb they dropped on me was like, we're gonna we want you guys to show the game on Twitch, and it'd be awesome if you could show that Twitch feature and all stuff. And I'm like I'm I'm like yeah, that'd be awesome. And it was only later in the day because this is the day before we had to get on Twitch that I I realized like you know we've never really tested this. We did some. <laughs> Bot testing and stuff like that in the office a little bit, but it was only just on the way out the door really and um and I started to get more and more panicked, because I 'm looking at people because we're gonna be on the main twitch feed and I'm looking at these other games shown by the main twitch feed and they have like thirty thousand people watching I'm like, what happens when thirty thousand people are trying to make our game crash <laughs> 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 this, is like, this is like the Super Bowl of video games and I like we we possibly will look like idiots and so I was in this panic but there's nothing else I could really do because there's no way we could test it so uh Frank Sefaldi and myself, with a couple with the help of uh, a couple of our friends at Microsoft got on the Twitch feed and we're doing this and um as soon as they let loose that there's commands, like they, they posted up on this little crawl at the bottom that if you do these things it affects the game, people just started to attack <laughs> oh, man. it. And the it 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 held up. It was it was a miracle it held up. And it, it blew my mind that it did, because it should never have. <laughs> and we had thirty thousand plus people trying to break the game with feeding it so many things going on like they were making it snow they're making all the controls wig out they're making monsters get summoned and attack the <laughs> screen and all this crazy stuff it made the game almost completely unplayable but it made it hilarious right. because everybody saw, as soon as people realized like they are doing this it just exploded and and we watched the numbers the people who were watching it go up and up and up and up because everybody wanted to rush in and, and, and participate in it so it was a. Uh, it, it was scary but uh, uh, pretty amazing <laughs> to see it and see it with that like thorough um, or that like kind of thorough amount of usage coming from from people who are watching nice. it. Like,
1: it just proved our right theory it nice. worked
0: That's wow. awesome.
1: I mean that's that's one of those things that's like crowdsourcing to the nth degree yeah <laughs> and and then getting to see all the things happen on the screen because that was the stuff that when I first saw uh, the playthrough that I that I came across, I was like that that function alone. Is just going to be nuts for the people who wind up streaming it. Right. Because the people who stream yeah. it, because I, I randomly came across Dead Nation one night and Dead Nation, this guy was playing in a game and they, and their version of it was an A-B kind of situation where you can either do something that harms the player or something that helps the player. And this yeah. guy was so mad <laughs> because they would just kill him. They'd put big zombies in his game. And they'd freak him out. And he was like, <laughs> he, he stopped playing the game. But before he said, he said, you motherfuckers, <laughs> I swear to God, if you don't let me get past this part, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> He's cursing at the internet.
2: That, and that's that, what the the internet can do that. And he was probably like a Southern Baptist preacher, right? right. It was just kind of <laughs> lost it.
0: That guy's name <laughs> like, was Khalif Adams. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you can break somebody with your griefing and trolling, and I find that absolutely hilarious. It, it is, and I think that's going to be
1: the next thing, right? Wouldn't you say that that's kind of like the new interaction that's going to be coming forth. Cause I know we talked about, um, some of the, some of the new things that you had put into the game. Like there's a lot of the connect features that you put into the game Yep, and how some of those, they're super wacky. I think, can you explain some of them actually? Can you, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you two examples.
2: Um, one example was the first one we had done. Uh, we're like, okay, we have the Kinect. It comes with every Xbox at the time. Right, we're like, right. uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and do something with the microphone. So we're looking at like what happens at real sporting events because we're like, you have all these people in the room. The camera's looking straight at them. Like, what can we do with this? And a lot of thoughts are, like, okay, if you're playing online and stuff, it would be amazing. Like, after a goal, you get to see each other because you're cheering and high-fiving while the other people are, like, getting all freaked out and right. mad. Like, that would be fun. And so, like, we're looking at that. And then you also did the, the kind of halftime show stuff. So at the halftime, we have a whole list of things that can happen. And one of the things is uh, you get to scream for your team. And uh, we'd... With- we we knew kind of what we were doing because we knew going into E3 it's loud and it's hard to like, get noticed uh, like so many games around you. But what we we knew that if we can get people in the room to scream at the top of their lungs. <laughs> Everyone would walk over and be like, What is this? You know, whatever. So we put that in and when we we're at that Microsoft event. Major Nelson's given this talk and there's hundreds of people there and he's trying to talk to everybody. Uh, people are playing our game. He can't get a word in because people keep screaming over in the corner. And all he can do is say, like, well, that's that's that iDarb <laughs> game over there. That, uh, you know, everybody should go check that out. And the screams are coming up again and stuff is like interrupting everything. And on the show floor that was all going, on. it was just awesome to see people really get into it. And that's how it, like you're 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 screaming for your favorite team that's playing playing. The other one that we have that I, I just like I thought was the best idea ever was okay, well for you know like a sports event we should also have a kiss cam because like nobody oh, knows what's gonna great. come up. It's very random. So like you have these like kind of like it's like South Park, that guy who sits back and plays Warcraft. You know, like the you can imagine like <laughs> a lot of these guys are sitting back almost kind of like they, they just look like they're not ready for prime time. And uh, it'd be awesome to just turn the camera on them and say like you know, hey you and your buddy right there, what's going on? Like kiss kiss for the camera. Right. Tease him. <laughs> So we did that and that like that that was very very popular and it was so awkward and it was so fun to watch. Like I remember Oh, standing behind two man. guys and I was like they were so like they did not even want to look at the camera and so I went from behind and I was trying to push them closer and like I accidentally like pushed them too hard and ran their heads together like coconuts <laughs> and uh, it was very awkward and weird but like they got a laugh out of it anyways and all stuff and it's just like and, and when you concussion. do that like <laughs> yeah I know it was a fun concussion um if <laughs> you do that uh, the game has like you, it gives you the ability to float in the air and you have hearts popping out of your head and all stuff but uh, and the other thing that was a last minute thing from one of the engineers here this guy um Ian Sherman, who had this really funny idea, was what if you're the only guy playing and you're playing like the single player bits? So we have it when that'll come up and we paste the Forever Alone face over their head. (laughs) It says like Forever Alone at the top and it's just like a really awkward moment, too. Uh, so we just have a lot of that kind of fun stuff in there, and we use the Connect as much as we can for that. And we want to make sure, like we started this before the Connect was announced as being removed from some of the Xbox packages, but um, we we still have so much fun with it. We're gonna make sure we include it and uh, continue to make more Connect features.
0: Amazing, amazing! That's awesome. All right, so so when can people expect to play iDARb on their Xbox Ones?
2: So we're working right now towards. Um, like a submission probably like mid-September. We're targeting end of August, but it's looking like some of these things are taking a little bit longer. Sure. Um, and particularly like multiplayer testing is is really challenging. I've worked on so many multiplayer games and um, we're really aggressive on getting multiplayer in right now, but also if you just can't speed it up. You have to test like country to country you have to test all these like conditions and there's all these edge cases and stuff. Right. So we're, we're in the middle of that and that's the big unknown. Like we we think we're going to be all right, but there's always something coming up. So I think at this point the only thing that can slow down the game hitting its September street would be uh, the multiplayer. But okay. it's looking good so far. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But all we're right. we're str- we're striving to get out in time for school like dorm season. Sure. Cuz we want oh, people to be in dorms sense. playing each other. Like this this is like we want this in the same spot in, in their heart as like you know Smash Brothers and Mario Kart and all those old games we talked about like NBA Jam and all this. So we want to make sure it's it's there for that.
0: Absolutely. Do you guys do you guys have a price point in mind?
2: Right now, I think uh, I don't know if we've announced one, but I, I I'm happy to say like uh, we're we're thinking ten bucks.
0: Oh, all right. Oh, oh hell yeah. So so if you guys you guys uh, we will put in our show notes we'll put at least a trailer from IDARB. Uh, in there. Um, take it from me. Uh, this game at ten dollars is a must, must buy. Um, thank you. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. Thank you, Thank you for making it because it is the pure joy in, in terms of just <laughs> just it's chaotic, it's wild, but I mean the, the thing that's consistent is from the second you start playing the game, And or and seeing what's going on and like you understand it it takes about a minute to really understand what's happening. But once you get it, the smile cannot be erased from your face because (laughs) everything just gets more and more zany
1: um yeah i think i think i will actually start to talk to people and try to make human friends again (laughs) so i can play (laughs) you're that weird guy on the street just waving to strangers like come on in (laughs) i want to show you something i've got
2: candy i may may have to like yeah (laughs) i
1: may have to i may be the one playing forever alone (laughs) (laughs) but but i'm hoping that i will be able to find more people to play this game with because i am so excited for this I'm so hyped for this game. It's going to be so good. <laughs>
2: oh, thanks, guys. That, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no. Thank you, because um, it's it's exciting. I'm I'm happy because it's bringing it's bringing people together literally by banging their heads together, but also by <laughs> by making people play in in spaces that they haven't done in a long, long time. Which I think I'm and I'm hoping that that uh, gamers kind of get back to that. I would love to see this in an arcade cabinet somewhere. Uh, where people can play it and, and have fun together. So, so thank you for for getting that stuff out and making making awesome stuff.
2: Um, I really appreciate that. And and on that note, um, you're you're in Portland now, and you know Ground Control over there, and big shout out to Ground Control guys. But uh, Clay Cowgill up there is actually um, super cool guy. He's he's helped me with so many different things, and he's just amazing talent and great engineer. He um, he's offered to actually create a cabinet for IDARB. And, oh, and help us, like, get shit. that to, like, a professional state. So, fingers crossed, we'll have something really awesome to bring around uh, as we show the game uh, at some point, which I, I would love to have
1: it in, like, an arcade cabinet. That would be craziness. And I, I'm, I'm about to go. I went over there, actually, last week from, from work. It's, like, two blocks away from my job. And I'm, I'm going to bug him and see if I can talk to him and be like, hey, we should do <laughs> something together. I would love to do some spawn points, spawn on me. Ground Control collabo somehow. I don't know. He's worked on a lot of crazy
2: what? stuff. It'd be awesome to talk to him because he's done, like, custom games. Um, he's modified games before. He's created stuff. So you should you should talk to that guy. He, he's amazing.
1: Yeah, we might see if we can get him on the show at some point. That would yeah. be awesome I will too. Do, that. Well, do a show. We
0: Do <laughs> yeah. a show from Congregate. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be crazy.
1: W- when, you, when you come, when Mike, when you come up to Portland, we'll, we'll figure it yeah. out. We'll, we'll all... We'll all get together. That would be great. Maybe do. Maybe do oh, that would together.
0: be that would be super awesome, fantastic, yeah. fabulistic. work Oh man. Yes. All, all okay. of those we're, things. We're going to do it. We're going right. To do it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: so before we let you go, because I know you have to mm-hmm. boogie in a, in a minute, um, if you could share all the social media stuff, all your your, your uh, website, where they can find IDARB, uh, and what's going to happen with everything with you. Okay,
2: so iDARB.com is kind of the ground zero of everything iDARB. You can go there and actually create characters that you will be able to scan into the game when the game launches. So you can go on there and create characters. You can do this in the game as well, but you can create characters and it gives you a QR code that you can bring around. We had people coming to the booth at E3 and Game Developers Conference with their QR codes and loading their characters in. So you can go there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Mike J MikeJMica uh, on Twitter. Uh, so uh, hit me up there if you want to hear a lot of iDARB news. That's a good way to do it. And also follow IDARB Game on Twitter. Uh, which has a lot of updates about IDARB, and we've been getting away t-shirts and stuff like that through that. Of course, hashtag IDARB. Just hit that anytime you want and see what people are talking about. There's a lot of news that passes just through the hashtag, and um, you should should be following that a little bit. And then um, we also have otherocean.com. If you want to find out more about what other Ocean is doing, I think our website's getting updated really soon because for the longest time, it only had stuff we were doing from like a year or so ago. So we've got a lot of stuff going <laughs> on. Like we should have Sharknado and stuff like that up there. We're also doing this other game called Radboarding that I would love for people to see too. So we'll get all this stuff kind of sorted out and up on the website as well. But hit me up with any of those things. Um, you'll find me. If you just search for me on Facebook, Mike Micah, you'll find me there too.
0: Right on. Awesome. Right on. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, Mike... Uh, it's it's been a dream come true to have you on the show. You are everything <laughs> that I thought you would be and more. Um, you know, you were about to sing a Joe cocker
1: right, right. right.
3: song. <laughs> yeah, it
2: was getting it was starting to go that direction.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I'm just like
2: sitting back in my chair, pulling the popcorn bag up, going,
0: right. that's gonna be great." <laughs> but seriously, so you're as you're telling your stories, you know, of your life, I'm imagining uh, uh, Forrest Gump. Like, you're, like, you're just... What? That's, like, that's awesome. Right, he's, like, at the crossroads of all of the major gaming events.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you're approaching it from that angle. I'm right, like, right, I, I right, guess right, so. Yeah, I system. am very, very special indeed.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Oh. So, I told my friend Cliffy B, <laughs> it should just be Gears of War. <laughs> yeah.
2: Why does it have to be Cogs of War? Well, right. Gears, sound so much Gears sounds <laughs> so much better. sounds
0: so much better.
2: Drop that Jazzy Jackrabbit 5 and get on this
1: thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of think, think that Cliff is the person who started TTP. He probably did. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> he, anyway. He's awesome, and
2: he has an encyclopedic knowledge of everything games yeah. That's, yeah. that's like bar none. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I was doing this thing for a little while called six-second game pitches, and I was going around GDC, and I would just vine people give me with no forethought It's like, give me a design pitch right now in six seconds. Mm -hmm. And his was amazing, and I I will probably not do it justice, but uh, with no thinking, like as soon as I told him what the premise was, he just looked right into my phone and said, is it ready? And I'm like, okay, go. And he's like, Rocco Sofretti's ass-to-mouth quick-time-event minigame, and he dropped the mic. <laughs> and just continued walking, and I'm like, that is amazing. This guy can, like, shit gold.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> and he dropped the mic. You know what?
1: It's it's not not even just because, like, he's a big name in the, in the industry is is the reason I'd like to talk to him on the show. It's just because he's that quick. Right. He's that. I mean, he is sharp. Yeah. He is so sharp. He's sharp as fuck. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I appreciate that. He gets a lot of hate. But I I appreciate how fucking quick he is with with stuff like that. He is so, so aware so awesome. of
2: everything that's going on. Even when people are throwing the hate at him, he know he's he's like he's like, it's like a chess game. He's five moves ahead of them at every mm-hmm. single yep. time.
1: It's just amazing to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Well, it's Mike, great. but it's not about him. It's about but, you. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Mike, <laughs> you know, you let him know. Uh, next time you see him, how much the guys <laughs> that spawn on me enjoy everything that he does, and that uh, he you know he has an open invitation to come on over.
2: You know what would happen? He'll be like, "Oh yeah, right? Yeah, like, well, ask them about episode twelve. There's something they said on this and blah blah blah." Right, right, you know, right. I'm not right. gonna be on that show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, if we come back, I was like, "Holy shit, he listened." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. At five colon at, like, at, 5:23, at right. that point, like, you listen to that part. That's why I'm not gonna be on that
1: show. <laughs>
0: right. He's like, "Yeah,
1: I remember. I remember you talked all that shit about my Lamborghini." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I don't forget um, that stuff. <laughs> I, I, uh-huh.
0: I did talk a lot of shit about uh, about gears. So. So, <laughs> so that, yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> he like thing he heard that thing. and he's like I'm out of this place. Right, and just like right. left yeah, Epic that, or, like, that, the next that, day. Thanks, Cicero. Yep, yeah. exactly. I fucked it up. You know, listen. I mean, that's the story of my life. So you know, if <laughs> Jack oh, Black God. is no, yeah, no, don't do it. Don't he's do it. Don't you do you. it? Don't do it. Don't do it. I would get I would get Mr. Bookman from Good Times, and he would be playing me.
1: Oh shit! God that's that's actually really funny because <laughs> now I'm just picturing you walking around with big ass oh, yep. can you like can you give everybody the social media <laughs> <that's> <laughs> the <stream? laughs>
0: um, so so if uh, you want to reach us on twitter you can reach Khalif at Kajakins um, you can reach me at Stubby Stan you can reach the show at Spawn on me and the site is at Spawn point blog um remember to like our Facebook pages, both our Spawn On Me and the Spawn Point Gaming blog pages. Uh, let's get on there, keep the conversations going. Um, remember to, to like all the stuff that Mike's doing. And uh let's see what, what else we got. We've got our if you need to email us, feedback at, at the spawnpointblog.com or uh Cicero and or Khalif at the spawnpointblog.com. And remember to subscribe and like and download our our show uh, from iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud now and, and on Swell. Um, tell your friends, tell your mom, you know, tell your dad, tell everybody, <laughs> your cats, sweet Jesus. download it, you know, get them the you know, get them get them an iPhone and have them download it too.
2: Tell um, that cute cashier at the grocery store because absol- like it's the ultimate icebreaker.
0: Absolutely, there you go, there you go. You should, yeah.
2: You just go to that girl and you just say, "You know, spawn on me." Is yeah.
0: the uh, <laughs> that sounds like I've never
1: I never thought that I never thought that our podcast would have a back of the box. Right, right. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah.
0: Mike J. Micah says, "Spawn on me." <laughs> <laughs> period, right. period. drop the mic <laughs> um oh so this
1: has been wait is there anything else no, no i think, I think it. that's it yeah i think that's it this has been episode 22 of the spot on me cast mike thank you so much for coming through yeah. man oh this has been a treat yeah. i
2: love this this is like the yeah. show is awesome and you guys are great i feel like i've known you for my whole life so this is this is just fun
1: thank you yeah this is great <laughs> cicero thank you sir for for being awesome uh, hey audience by watching audience you. and folks Oh, yo, stop. Hashtags not love. So thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to be back next week with another episode of the Spawn on Me podcast. Again, we say peace. peace. Peace.